So welcome to the show. I'm David Speed. I'm Adam Brazier. And this is Creative Rebels. Uh, it's a podcast for creative entrepreneurs. We started our first company, Graffiti Life, in a small garage. Yeah, it wasn't easy. But we built the company up to the stage where now we're regularly working with brands like Disney and Nike. And we've been lucky enough to make art all over the world. On this podcast, we interview successful creators. Their advice will enable you to take action and turn your passion into a career. There's literally been no better time in history to make a career from being creative. So many people are going to tell you that you can't do it, but we're here to tell you that you definitely can. Right, let's do a podcast. Welcome to episode two of the Creative Rebels podcast. This episode, I sat down with YouTubers Zach Allsop and Jamie Rawsthorn from The Zach and Jay Show. These guys have millions of views on their videos across the internet, and it's easy to see why these guys put themselves in mad situations and film it and put it on the internet. In this episode, we talk about going viral on YouTube, cutting cake with Conor McGregor and his team, and not caring what other people think. Uh, It's a really fun episode. There's some funny stories and a couple of gems of advice, so I think you'll enjoy Today we are joined by Zach and Jay from the Zach and Jay Show. Thanks guys, wow. thanks for having wow. <laughs> Everyone in the office going mad. Yeah. Put your top back on. <laughs> so this is the first time we've had two guests on, but I think, I think you guys are doing some really amazing stuff and I wanted to get you on because I think that too many people are living boring lives and you guys, it seems, just decided I'm not going to live a boring life. And your catchphrase is stories to tell the grandkids. I love that. What do you do? How would you describe what you guys do? Right. So one of the comments, <laughs> so we don't really know what we do. And that's part of the magic. <laughs> we, we're working comments, out. Yeah, we're still working out. was unproblematic, mad, positive content. So I'd say that's what we do. But yeah, we make videos um, on YouTube. To inspire a generation to take action in their own lives, to counter the mainstream narrative of negative bullshit. That's exactly what we're trying to do. Off the dome. Yeah. That's exactly what we're trying to do. So yeah, so this this um this works really well. You guys have you've met Will Smith, you've walked to the ring with Conor McGregor, you've been on TV a bunch of times, but more importantly than any of those accolades, you're having fun. Mm. And I think that's that's really important. So um so where did this all start for you? Where was your YouTube journey? Like where did that begin? So It started at uni where me and Jamie met. We did like a really weird degree together in Bristol. And we was basically the first cohort to ever do this degree in the UK. And we were like basically testing guinea pigs. So it was like The Apprentice, but on steroids with like kids who are just going into uni, don't have a clue what they want to do with their lives, but are then told to like go set up your own business or project, whatever it is, run that for three years. There was no lectures, no exams, nothing like that. All we had to do was do these things like real life experience, learn from our mistakes and then reflect on it. Um, and then, yeah, basically try and get something at the end that you're going to take Does that still on. exist, that course? What's that Yeah, course? it's going strong. Every yeah. single year, like year on year, they've yeah. kind of grown and grown and grown and more unis are taking it on. I think we're spreading the message pretty positively as well. Like people- yeah, We're flying the flag. Yeah, kids are looking at our YouTube channel like, how the fuck did you guys meet? And yeah, we met on this course and we say it was well good. And yeah, it sounds good for the entrepreneurial spirit. So yeah, but um, I mean, like my kind of, funnily enough, I started YouTube after I left that course. So we kind of 
I went into uni, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I picked like four different options, didn't go to any open days, didn't really, like I wanted to do video, but I thought there's no money in that if I'm going to work for someone. And kind of my dad always drilled to me, like you need to work for yourself. So I was like, right, okay, I need to go do business. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant, but luckily found this course. And then basically- What's the, what's the name of the course? It's uh, business team entrepreneurship, basically. Um so yeah, I kind of started off that degree. I was like running nightclub events, uh, just kind of finding my feet, just doing random little projects here and there. Um, and then I set up a company with a, my best mate at the time, ran that for two years. And then at the end of the three year course, when I was pretty much ready to go with it, wanted to like run it, take it on after. Um, he stole a good chunk of the money, which left me on my ass, which was the best decision someone else has ever made for me. Then I just went into the whole double down on like the YouTube stuff. And luckily I left uni with a bit of money, which meant that I had like a good eight months to kind of work out what the fuck that looked like. And then, yeah, the rest is kind of- So mad, the the exact same thing happened to me. Really? Like, yeah, Graffiti Life's not my first graffiti company. I started one with someone else, yeah, and and he took all the money. And yeah, and it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Because like, yeah, well, like I was, I was prepared to to give everything. I was like, okay, I've got this vision. He owned the company, but I was like, I know how we can make this work. We do this, this, and this. And then- he screwed me over. So it's like, well, now I made my own thing. Yeah. Um, and now it's like, yeah, it's now it's us. It's like, yeah, yeah it's, it's much better. It, yeah. yeah, it's good. It's good. But I mean, in terms of like where me and Jamie wasn't even in the picture at that point, um, it was kind of the final year. She, Jamie, I mean, you can talk in a minute about your, uh-huh. your ex, Has he got permission? ex-company. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> You talk in a minute. But I, I mean, the last year of, as kind of students, we, me and Jamie kind of started doing the sneaking in stuff. I mean, I think you was on stage with Reggie Snow at one point, And then uh-huh. one of the first ones we done together Shout was just like a, a small gig. Uh, Cass is dead's the rapper. We ended Shout up Cass. pretty much with him and his crew, scariest bunch of guys like backstage, um, drinking their vodka and just, being cheeky bastards basically. And that kind of spurred like a summer of just like madness, which was like 2016, the summer of like where shit just kicked off and we started doing it at festivals and then it ramped up. This is, this is sneaking in. So I'm to anyone who's like not familiar with, with (laughs) what you guys do. A lot of your videos um, have involved you like sneaking into mad places. I'm not talking just like sneaking into a nightclub. It's like sneaking into London fashion week or sneaking into the video music awards big shit yeah <laughs> yeah it kind of started off pretty grassroots um because we were broke as shit and we didn't want to buy tickets to festivals but we wanted to go to them all um and the first one was actually a festival in bristol where jamie had from a few weeks before like still this skepta wristband on from his like Kanichiwa tour and it was red are you and- one of those jamie who keeps all your keeps your wristbands <laughs> yeah. on no no i think i kept it because i so i think i had a sunday ticket for this fe- was weekend festival it was my birthday Bristol. weekend yeah and i was trying to get him to buy a ticket but he was like nah 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 and i i bought a ticket and i got everyone yeah. to buy a ticket because it was my but, birthday but I think, so you had to yeah for some reason i only had a sunday ticket because i thought everyone was going sunday but this guy in making a song and dance about his birthday no two days two days so I was like alright okay I'll come down and, and so I kept it for that reason I was like you know what fuck it let's try this sneaking in stuff because we'd never done a festival before um, in fact we'd always had a ticket to an event before we'd just kind of push the boundaries there um, and then yeah so that was the first time we ever tried it and 
What was it? Yeah. That was the 20, water bottles. Yeah, I remember 24 we, bottles of water. Yeah, we, we started like a little Google Docs like a week before the festival on like methods, basically. And we had loads of which we still haven't actually tried to this date, which is mad ways to get in. And we picked like the water bottle method, which is like, you're not going to stop someone who looks like they're struggling with like a crate of water yeah. bottles. So we gave Jamie like a black t-shirt like a little kind of lanyard thing, which had nothing like considerable on um, a towel out his back pocket. Like he worked for a burger van and yeah, just a crate of water. And he walked through the artist. You got to yeah, walk extremely confident. He walked Balding. through the artist entrance past, I think it was eight security that I counted on the way in. And that was like that day when we met him in the festival. And by the time we met him, he'd sold pretty much all the water for like 40 quid profit to all these yeah, kids that were yeah, going in their face yeah. off. Yeah, I, I literally thought the water was just to get you through oh, the no, door. But so, like, so did I, and I saw everyone gain and thought, right, my time to shine, <laughs> two pound a bottle, please. Form yeah. a queue. Bristol's finest. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that, that got me in free and then paid for the next day's ticket as well, which is decent. Yeah. So, But that was like the first one where our eyes were open and, and Jamie got in and then I remember being in there with him and we ended up using litter, like picking up litter and walk into the backstage entrance to, we were there with like Bugsy Malone yeah, and yeah. people like that. And it kind of just opened our eyes a bit. And we knew that Jamie's red yeah. wristband was then uh, good enough for backstage because when we were back there, we saw other people with red wristbands. So that kind of the next day was like game on. And I remember my girlfriend was pissed off for me because the day after we spent I think close to six hours backstage chatting to like gigs like Dizzy Rascal like Lil Carner all of these people yeah we invited Stormzy back to the like my house party after he said no uh, he said no but um, <laughs> like we, we had the maddest day backstage and I, I used like a Tesco's bag for life handle which I stuck together with like chewing gum and we were just yeah backstage all day and it was like shit yeah. that, no that one... was just right at the beginning of the summer as well so me and him were like oh my god what have we got here then yeah and we had a gem and we had a jam. And so then you kind of, you realised this sneaking is actually pretty easy. Yeah, then, that, that's what, that's when it opened my eyes. Yeah. 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 It was, it was this thing which seems completely off limits and like this place you'd never reach. You always like see the cool kids hanging around like backstage, yeah. like through the fences and that. But it was, yeah, it was just so easy. And, and we were like, shit, there's definitely something in this. And spent the whole summer doing it. Kind of recording it as well. So what yeah. was what was the thought behind that? I, I saw there was this um there is this there's, documentary there's debate on um on, on where the origins, on the origins came from here. And we, we just disagree to we agree we to agree disagree to disagree for this. Um, but so I I was like I watched a documentary slash film of uh it's this American guy who's now like a famous videographer to like Coldplay and a few other bands, but he got started by sneaking into Coachella and all these big festivals in the US. And and he sold like this documentary to MTV and it's like a feature length film. So I had that in mind because he started off really grassroots and then by the end of it, he was like working with Coldplay, working with Mumford and Sons just by throwing himself in these positions and like meeting people he wouldn't typically meet. So that was like, oh shit, I see what's possible. And the way you filmed it and everything that happened was exactly what was happening with us. So I wasn't making YouTube videos to put out regularly. I was basically banking all this footage, which most of the time was on an iPhone. Um, and yeah, just, I just didn't do anything with it. I still got half of them unreleased like to this day. Um, but that kind of like, we were filming us just fucking around the whole time basically. Yeah. But as soon as I took an actual DSLR camera, that's kind of, when we unlocked like almost another level to like on stage and 
all that kind of stuff. So yeah, we, we wasn't filmed with any real intention, but we were filming like a lot of it. Well, you're fucking glad you were though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's funny to look back on now. Is is funny. Yeah, so my, my vision story is but oh, but I'm not too bothered about it. Is um <laughs> so right. So the first first trip we did was at the Cass is Dead one, which was uh in, in March um February. Bristol or February. And then then I actually moved back to Manchester and yeah, went to the Skepta gig. And that was kind of off the cuff. I saw loads of staff going backstage, carrying loads of drinks. So I had to grab the bin that was just coincidentally next to me and just bawled behind them. Got backstage. Um, went, and you yes, were on your own? On my own, yeah. yeah. Wow. I wasn't even there. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I'd, had, I'd had about four to drink. So confidence levels were high, but I wasn't sloshed because there's a fine line um, of, of optimum performance for these kind of things. Um, and I was at the optimum level <laughs> going in solo to a fucking guest, like, yeah, guest, um, guest room with Skepta or whatever. And um, yeah, got backstage, said, yes, yes, Skepta, that show was absolutely sick. Give him a spot. And he went, yeah, say bro, say bro, say bro. <laughs> fucking room was full of smoke. I looked so out of fucking place as well everyone was there with a hoods up hats down all smoking I was like right there get you me got a drink big smile like bouncing big around smile, like... bouncing around get me a drink <laughs> and uh, suddenly a bouncer saw how out of place I looked and went right you or he just said how did you get here and I was like uh, um, uh, I just uh, and I'm, he just I'm went, BBK and literally instantly <laughs> I, I, I know you're not I'm Maxim I did, yeah I didn't say any, I'm Jamie I'm Jamie well, well I just didn't come up with any fellas went uh, 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 and, he just, and he just grabbed me within seconds um, kicked me out and went whoa whoa before you before you kick me out let me tell you how I got in told him how I got in kick me out anyway and as soon as I got to like the gates before the like to the where the normal people go and watch gigs um, I got a tap from uh, one of Skepta's boys and was like Skepta said you can stay you can stay so I was like Sick. fucking get in and then I was yeah I was drinking with all um, all that night and then so my story is it, that day I saw a guy get stuck in his bathroom um, and, and he called all the police and he called the fire brigade and he just made the jokiest snapchat story ever and I was like right Zach you're sick at video making I know that we can try this again and if it works I reckon we just start making videos of sneaking into places doing it and that's when Love Saves a Day was I think a few weeks ahead a few weeks away and that's where we tried it but um yeah <laughs> that's um that's the best story go with that one yeah yeah, yeah. it yeah. is isn't it yeah defo yeah the, the only part of that story which i struggle with is selling the concept of making youtube videos because like i was so into youtube for like years before this and yeah. you didn't even fucking care so it's, i think it is like it's yeah so good- I, I don't really care about youtube <laughs> yeah i don't really care about youtube to be honest i'm not even joking i just like spreading ideas and i saw like you know what I know that we can sneak in again, or I highly think it, because what I just did was very, very easy. And, and I know we've done it before at the cast. So I was like, why don't we try it? And you can make, if this guy can go viral off a Snapchat in a bathroom for six hours, we can, If because my thinking was, if I videoed, right, I'm going to try put carrying a bin backstage. I'm going to, now I'm here with Skepta. That would go so fucking viral. Yeah, and with, course, a, yeah. with the sick video skills, we can do this. We can, and then, yeah, we kind of started doing it really. Yeah, okay. I think we might have just had different, ideas on what we wanted i wanted like a, a six part series like long where we were sat down like interviewing in front of the camera talking through all these stories whereas jamie were like kind of more on the quick <laughs> quick videos which yeah which yeah. makes a lot more sense it but i wanted i wanted like a proper documentary style because i was like this shit is unbelievable yeah because yeah, that's the thing like then zach came up to manchester because we were going to do creamfields which we did do creamfields and I was like, where's he? Get your camera out, start videoing, start videoing. And he's always like, no, we need to get the shot right and shit. I was like, no, come on, man. Just fucking whip your camera out. And on his Instagram stories as well, he'd always, or Snapchat, whatever he was using, he'd always be dead careful of like, there's a picture of Storms or there's a video of Storms. And I'd be like, yes, yo, we just got in. Come on, come on. 
come on with a drink. And I'd just be like, I'm on stage. I'd just be like, bare gassed and buzzing. Uh, but he was always dead careful with it. But is there yeah, more of a balance it. now? You're, you're now going forward like the Zach and Jay show is your combined thing. Yeah. and Yeah. Uh, I'd say like in terms of creative direction of like, Jamie's just funny and I know when he's going to be funny. And I just film a lot of it. <laughs> and it's my job to be funny in the editing. <laughs> With my sarcastic <laughs> narration, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, but it's always been the same way. Yeah. Like, yeah I, I feel like any any idea that I come up with, which like, I know is going to bang, I know Zach's going to Zach's going to think it's going to bang as well. And and I think if I told that idea to anyone else, they probably wouldn't think it was. So I th- feel like I get him. And and when he comes up with it, he's like, "Yes, I'm coming up with a sick idea." I kind of before he said it, I'm like, "Yes, this is going to be a good one." I think, yeah, we know that. And, and yeah, when you, if we've come up with a video and I've come up with um, an idea, oh, we could add this little bit in or we could come at it with this little concept, then he'll kind of, he'll, he'll rate a lot of it. So uh, yeah, I feel like we're on the same wave with sense. a lot of the stuff. So um, was the first, the first kind of video that really blew for you, was that the, the Olympic video? Yeah, the Olympics video did not blow up um, and it wounded me so badly that it didn't. Because like we had had this summer of festivals where everything was like going well like it was just so much fun but I didn't really make any videos of that um the Olympic thing was initially an idea by Jamie to make some money he was like just proper buzzing that they were going to Manchester mm-hmm. for the first time and his literal like pitch to me was let's do like face painting or sell flags or anything just to make like a bit of money at the end of the summer Proper little entrepreneur this one isn't yeah, it yeah I thought he'd make a few hundred quid in a couple of hours but <laughs> yeah. did something a bit better yeah so a I literally the, the, the first thing I said back to that was like why don't we try and get on the bus um, and then pretty much just started looking into we were going to make like the track suits and everything we wanted to just get on the bus and like that would be it um, but the day kind of just got like way, way out of hand and just went way to plan. And we ended up at the after party, Jamie Porter, bronze medalist Olympian. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We met Will I Am. Like it just, it was absolutely. So you pretended you were athletes. So yeah. So yeah, yeah, we, we basically went in with the, the goal of getting on the bus and then we kind of worked out the details from there. So luckily they had replica track suits like for, 40 quid in the sale. So we got them, kept the tags in, took them back after. Um, and basically, yeah, we, we didn't know whether it was going to work. We were proper nervous because there was like how many million pounds worth of security there. And we were scoping it out and it was, the streets were littered with them, literally. Um, so I just whacked on, I remember the day, like we was drinking a little bit and just to take the edge off. And I put on my tracksuit and I was like, right, if we can convince some people on the street, that'll give us like a bit of confidence going into it. So Jamie was on his balcony, like watching me down on the street and I was asking for directions, pretending that I was late. And like all these people just thought I was legit, didn't ask oh, like a single question. But we had, so I had a flat in Manchester at the time and there was an office that was, um, at the same like, height level of us and they saw me look at on the balcony just look at watching Zach as a little guinea pig and suddenly the whole office runs it started waving the flags out the window it's like oh shit I think this one's <laughs> yeah. gonna work man but yeah, they were literally shouting and yeah I remember the little flags yeah. hanging out the window so that that was kind of like right game on from that point and yeah, we just got lucky. Like it was timing wise. We, we walked to there in the perfect time where I think all the Olympians had come out of the building and they were on the buses. And then for whatever reason, there was a bit of a delay. Yeah. So everyone started then running into hotels and the local like cafes to go to the toilet in which like we kind of were hiding in one of these like toilets and all these Olympians come in. 
So we were like, all right, fuck it. We'll just walk out with the Olympians. And we got waved straight through. Yeah. Um, Everyone said that we blagged it. We literally didn't say a word. Didn't say a word. Well, I remember all we said was we're fences to the woman with a clipboard, which told us which like lorry to get on, uh, which kind of like screwed us over a bit because we were then wannabe fences on the thing with the fences. So kind of backfired at that point. But yeah. They, was- they asked Zach... Um, so fencing wasn't actually a sport in the Olympics. It was pentathletes. The modern pentathlon. Mon- yeah. Modern pentathlon. And so one of the modern pentathlons was obviously a bit curious. It was like, what, what do you mean fences? And she asked Zach what sword he uses. And the guy just froze. And he started doing this weird hand movement as if he was a samurai. And I was just looking at him like, what are we doing, mate? What are we doing? Just tell her. And he was like a sharp one and just literally didn't know what to say. Yeah, we got rumbled. But luckily yeah, got rumbled those guys were like, probably. yeah, they were fine with us being on there. And we pretty much rode like, like 80% of the journey with them before jumping off. So yeah, that bit, like the whole day went perfectly. Like, as I said, was at the after party, woke up with the intention to bash the video out. But annoyingly for us, the interview that we did live on like Sky News, that went out almost straight away. And it was a bit annoying because the reporter knew and he was in with a joke with like everyone on there, but he made it out as if he rumbled us live on air when it was all like, an agreement beforehand, pretty much. So, an yeah, agreement, but not not an knew. agreement. But we didn't think he was going to try and yeah. like be the big, like Billy Big. Yeah, because he came over did. to us because he knew that we weren't meant to be there. Yeah. So at that point, that video was on like two hundred and fifty thousand views. The next day, like it started, it was on all these newspapers, front page of like Sky Sports. It was on the front page of Snapchat everywhere. everywhere. And we were like, oh shit, we need to make the video. So I was like, just hung over to shit, trying to make the video. Journalists were like calling our phones, trying to find out who we were. It was like Jamie's business partner at the time. A journalist went round to his nan's house to find out who the fuck me and Jamie were and try and get hold of us. Yeah, my mum's a head teacher and a journalist had gone round to my house like asking, was it me on the bus? I bet your mum was thrilled. Was, yeah, she was not thrilled. She was... <laughs> She was, she, I don't think she's ever been so anxious in a day. Felt terrible for her. Yeah. So at that point I was making the video, just trying to rush it out while all this shit was like crumbling from around me. Um, at which point Jamie was running like a pretty corporate professional business at the time. He had clients in the university sector, uh, mentors, all sorts. And he was getting phone calls from his mentors. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. this looks so bad. Didn't look great. So meanwhile, I had all this shit going on. And then Jamie come in right at the last minute as I had finished the video saying, I don't want to be in the video anymore. Can you edit me out? No. And I spent the whole day filming him. He didn't have his phone out. He didn't have his camera out. It was me filming the whole day. Didn't take so out that much though. Took out a good chunk. The video was like 11 minutes and I cut it down to like three and a half and I was fucking wounded because it just wasn't the video I wanted to make. And then we put that up and it sat on like 10,000 views for two years. <laughs> didn't wow. do nothing. Literally didn't do anything. Yeah, and then, but, but I think, yeah, because it got put out on BBC and got put Sky News and everything and I got millions of hits from each of those things. So I think people kind of got the story, thought it was hilarious, but didn't really watch the video or even know it was there. Yeah. And in terms of your, you building your audience, you weren't, you, you, you can't really build it off of a Sky News video. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I thought that was it. Like I, I thought I need one viral hit to get the traction going. And that was the first video on the channel. And I was like, yes, this is it. It's just gone perfectly. The day went perfectly. And yeah, the video just didn't do anything. At the end of it, I had like 400 subscribers and I was, I was like, fuck. Uh, so it kind of delayed the whole YouTube thing for like a good nine months until the next one. Were you really like downhearted at that point? Did you kind of consider stopping uh, or? 
Not really. I didn't have anything else on, to be honest. Like I was doing freelance work at the yeah. time, and off the back of um, off the back of the festival season, like I I was kind of in with a few DJs, and I was I was having like a good time. Still, like I had kind of I enjoyed all the freelance work, and I was doing that anyway. Um, so I wasn't really that gutted. It just wasn't the opportunity that I thought it was going to be at the end. Like I thought I was going to be in a different place, but yeah, yeah it just kind of threw things up a bit. And for you, back. Jamie, like obviously you were like dealing with corporate clients and yeah. stuff like that. Like what, like how did you, obviously uh, you made the decision yeah. to sack that off in the end? No, right? no. So yeah. So what actually happened is I was running that. Um, so it was called Unique Insights. It was a tech startup that uh, sold technologies to universities that um, predicted which students were going to drop out of university. And uh, we had our first client yeah, the university. using predictive analytics, yeah, using and predictive analytics and, and all, and the student <laughs> data and stuff. So it was quite hard. It was, it was technical stuff um, with, with big, with corporate people and, yeah, we, we were we weren't doing too well with our first client, as a lot of these big technology, as a lot of technology companies don't. And uh, yeah, the the Olympics thing happened. I was like, oh fuck me, I need to get away from that as far as I can. Said to Zach, look, I can't do any of this shit anymore. What have I done? Thought it was the biggest mistake of my life. Been working on the business for four years since first year of uni or three years. Um, and then yeah, that was it. So Zach, when that happened, wanted to go in even more on the YouTube, and me kind of as his partner at the time had to get the fuck away from it as far as we could, as far as I could. So um, the yeah. first channel was a shared channel, like the channel which is now the, the, yeah, the Zach and Jay show was the Zach and Jay show just two and a half years ago. Um, but since Jay like didn't want anything to do with it, we, I just changed the name to my name. Um, so that's the story of that one. Yeah. And so yeah. then you went solo for a little while. I went solo, didn't have a clue what to do really with the content. I, I didn't really enjoy filming too much by myself. Like it's just, it was just yeah. why kind of pretty much 80, 90, 100%, actually 110% of my time's on the Zach and Jay show at the moment. Um, Cause it is just way more fun. Like at the time I was kind of filming, like going on holidays or it just, it was kind of shit really. There was a few like sneak ins here and there, but I would always bring someone else along with me um, until the McGregor thing, basically. And that's when my channel started getting the traction. And then I kind of thought, oh, fuck it. Let's double back down on the sneaking stuff. So yeah, it's, um, it's weird how it goes, but so, I wasn't, I wasn't enjoying it that much just doing it by myself. It was. So yeah. tell us about the McGregor thing. Cause that was, that was obviously, that obviously exploded. Yeah. Uh, so it, it was coming off the back of, uh, Glastonbury Festival, I thought I'd just missed like another big opportunity to finally get the channel recognised. I had, so I live. So my, did you always have in your head, like, this is going to blow? <clears throat> I, I never said, I said to my girlfriend at the start of like trying it, all these YouTubers, like the OG ones from back in the day, built up like a subscriber base over the course of like four years or whatever. And I just never seen myself doing that. Like I always thought it was going to be one big hit, a chunk, and then it would like kind of get a little bit of traction, another big hit, which it, it ended up being that way. But um, it, all the things we were doing, I, I, it was mad shit. And I just thought it was just going to take one thing. I didn't know what that one thing was, but yeah, the, the McGregor thing was that. So that was kind of off the back of Glastonbury Festival. I had a plan to basically sneak on stage with Ed Sheeran or like backstage or meet Ed Sheeran, basically the, the whole kind of crux was that. So I kind of, I had a ticket to Glastonbury. Like I always do. It's like my local festival, all my mates go. So I wasn't going to fuck around with actually getting in. Um, so I, I was kind of like throughout the week playing with kind of getting backstage. I, I kind of managed to get backstage and film eats everything and Fatboy Slim. Um, I was, 
backstage with like Annie Mac and a few others, just like kind of on all these different stages. So it definitely worked. Um, Skepta as well, like another one. And this is all leading up to like the, the big finale. So the, like in the daytime before it's set, I snuck backstage at the pyramid stage. I was there kind of walking around. I was like, right, it's doable. Let's get out of here before you get caught. And then basically got to the set and it was so fucking busy. And I was like, just felt a bit shit. And I was with all my mates and I was like, do I want to now probably not find them for the rest of the night on the last night of Glastonbury before like kind of two years off basically. Um, and I just decided against it and then I got home and I was like, fuck, that was the video that could have like popped and I was gutted about it. And like two, three weeks after I was just like in a proper slump where I thought, and I was like visioning the video in my head on like what it was yeah. going to look like the drone shot flying over the crowd, everything down to a T and I just got myself in a proper state. And then literally the, the McGregor thing was like, Jamie texts me saying this is in London. Like it's been everywhere on Facebook, which I had like all the clips have been going viral. Uh, you should go and do it. And I, yeah, I pretty much just drove up and bashed it out. And yeah, he was wearing that fuck the Mayweather suit, wasn't he? Yeah. The pinstripes. Yeah. The whole, yeah, the whole too. tour, like we, I think it was New York and Toronto, maybe. Yeah, the they selling out arenas, just doing that, just doing the press conference. It was mad. Yeah. That sounds 20, I think it was 20 quid a ticket. Isn't it? Or, yeah, dollars in America now. So yeah, that that kind of come from Jamie it was like pulling strings behind the scenes. Um, just told me I should do it, and then I did my li- little bit of research. Realised the passes were. What does your What does your research in, entail? The research entails basically Instagram, Twitter, hashtags, searching, just looking for any little cues, whether that is like a a person in his crew, which is like the weak link. You got to look for the weak link, yeah. and the weak link for this one was Mayweather's driver, and he just couldn't help sharing the photos of his past online. Okay, weakest link. It was everyone's, everyone's, and the photo got removed after, so he obviously got a bollock in. Um, but he, yeah, whacked up all these passes when he first got them, and they didn't change the passes for each like time they went, each stop. So I had a perfect photo. I didn't even have to do much Photoshop bodging, really. Um, and yeah, I just whipped that around, and I was like, right, these look pretty legit. And yeah, just, it, it works perfectly, like down to the T. Amazing. So then you find yourself uh, ringside. In Conor McGregor's changing room on his 30th birthday when he cut his cake with him and his intimate team. <laughs> and that was it. Yes, Me that. and his boys. Yeah. I walked out with McGregor like that. Again, like, I had no real plan on what to do that, no, that yeah. day. I, I kind of, I'm not really into boxing more so MMA, but not even really. I'm just like a bit of a McGregor fan. And You're getting you into it though, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Slowly. Um, but yeah, just had no plan on what to do, but just knew walking out on McGregor would be a sick thing. And I, I got this one security guard who was like kind of in the route to the backstage area. I had him in my pocket, like pretty much all day. I bought him a drink, like all sorts. And yeah, it just, it just worked perfectly. Everything, not like one little hiccup and just found myself just with McGregor in his entourage walking out. And then that went fucking everywhere. Yeah. I, I wasn't ready for it either. Cause as I said, like in this point, the channel from the Olympic video through to this point, the channel hadn't grown at all. Um, and nothing that I, I was doing got, no one gave a shit basically. So I was like, so used to nothing happening when I made videos that I, I just kind of, I uploaded a video. I was meant to be going on holiday with my missus. So I, I kind of delayed that for like how many hours it took for me to finish, put the video out ignored everything, just like went down to the coast in my van, woke up the next day to like 250,000 views 
and I hadn't turned the adverts on and I was like, fuck, I've like missed out on all this money. Um, and then, yeah, it was a similar to like the Olympic situation. Like my phone just blew up all day. It was just the views were going up, going up, going up. And I was like, oh, I think this is the million view video. And yeah, it did. It reached it in a week. Number three on trending. And yeah, it was just absolutely sick. Mad. And you definitely saw a bump in subscribers at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I got like 30,000 overnight, which is nice. Um, I think it could have been more, but I, my attitude at that point was just take everything, every opportunity, like the uni lab stuff, lab Bible stuff. I just said yes to it all. Um, just to see what would happen at the end of it. I think it got like over 60 million views on Facebook, um, which ended up paying dividends in just getting my face. Like a lot of people didn't know that it come from a channel, but then the people that found the channel off the back of it, like Yes Theory, um, like good friends of those guys now, but that was the first video they saw of mine. So that kind of, they saw it through Facebook and then found my channel. So in terms of like just getting my name out there, I think it was, it did did absolute bits. So I think like, had you made that <clears throat> McGregor video and you hadn't been doing this for like a long time beforehand and you just made the McGregor video, that's number one and it blows up and it goes crazy. I don't think you would have been ready for it, right? I wasn't though. I, you still weren't. I fucked up. Like every single, and I, <laughs> to this day I still haven't done it properly. When a video is done well, like really well, above average well, um, like the AJ vid, um, I just, I don't know what it is, but I just, drop the ball straight after so um, so the McGregor thing happened and I didn't upload a video in I think it was close to like four weeks and I, I and I just, I don't know why I just, just didn't uh the same with the AJ video I didn't upload in like four weeks and that kind of did a lot of a lot for the channel so I don't I, I didn't really I should have just doubled down on it and I should have done like q and I should have just done the YouTube bollocks like Q&A's and all that kind of stuff just to rinse it and probably get traction but I just didn't do that um do you regret that uh yeah no like I'm happy the videos I've made I've still got shit loads of footage from all like 2016 17 that I haven't made I probably could have made videos quicker but I like being able to watch the videos now and being like yeah that's a accurate representation of what happened and I didn't just fucking skimp the quality just to get it out so yeah no I think it's easy to say oh, it could have been this could have been that but and you'd written down a goal of 100,000 subscribers yeah so <laughs> so after yeah that was that was good research that was good research uh, yeah so when I was left uni um I was pretty lost, like didn't have a clue what or what to do. Cause like for two and a half years, this business that I set up with a mate, I was pretty focused on that. Didn't really do like a, have the uni experience. Wasn't really going out. Wasn't doing all that shit. I was working in an office space in the center of Bristol five days a week. And like I, I was set on doing that. So as soon as that was kind of off the table, just didn't have enough money to execute on the idea. I was kind of like, right, what do I do now? So I focused on the dissertation, did well at that because at least then the course was kind of worth it. Um, and then joined a, a company with my free mates, which was like an advertising agency. And I was working there for like seven months and they wanted to bring me on as like a shareholder. And I just hated it. I was, we were after uni while we're trying to make it work, they all moved into my house back at like home with my parents. So we had two of them out in the shed basically, which is like, about the same size as this room we're in now. They were like sleeping on the sofa. We were working in that room every day. Um, 
day in, day out. And it was just proper intense. And I just, my heart wasn't in it. And I just lost my head a bit again. Um, so one day on the way into like work where we were going to have this conversation about bringing me in as a shareholder and all that stuff, I just kind of wrote three pages on why I didn't like the business, why I didn't think it was going to work and what I felt like I wanted to do basically. And I signed the bit of paper at the bottom saying like, I'll, I'll find out what I want to do and I'll do it. And again, like a month after that is when the first bit of big freelance work kind of come in. So it's, yeah, it's all, all circles. Everything happens for, so like I, for a reason, for a reason, <laughs> a lot of the guests that we're, we're kind of talking to have done, like done big stuff and they're living fun lives and they're going to do whatever they basically, whatever they want, like they're having fun. And I think the writing down of the goals thing is such an important thing. Mm, yeah. I feel like we feel like it's a silly thing and I don't believe in the secret and manifesting yeah, and all of, yeah. all of that sort of stuff. But I think your subconscious mind is really, really powerful. And if you actually commit yeah. to it by putting something down yeah. on paper, get it, like be thinking of that. And you've got, it's nice to have a number. You're 100,000, yeah. 100,000 subscribers, 100,000 subscribers. Yeah. If that's always... Late. but it still happened you know i think that's i think that's um that's a really beautiful thing you say you'll overestimate the things you can do in a year but underestimate the things you can do in five years so (laughs) that's a tiny robin's quote i I don't know who did it but yeah yeah um yeah i think the actual quote is um in a decade but it's it's okay (laughs) 10 years he's counting business gurus (laughs) Are you right? No, because uh, I, I told Zach 2019 is a year of goals. I, I, yeah, I've, I've said that I'm going to set myself a load of goals because I've never yeah. really set goals before. And we kind of said to ourselves when we were setting up the channel, we want to get 100k by uh, the new year. And it was mainly me saying it, and want to get a million in a year. But I don't know, there was no real kind of reason for it. There's no purpose, there was no emotion behind it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm still not 100% sure where I, where I sit with goals. To so, so what I like to do is I like to, I like to write the goals down, but then work backwards from the goal yeah. and see what those steps look like yeah. in order to get there. Yeah. Your goal is however many views or however many subscribers look at how do we achieve that? Yeah. Like how have we had success? Like what's been working for us? What's yeah. not working for us? So, so for me to get to 100k, yeah, we, we kind of did, how, how are we going to grow out? It was going to be either through collaborations um, or, well, it was going to be through collaborations and like a viral video, similar to a Conor McGregor thing. And the viral video... I'd say was that Ed Sheeran backstage presenting him with his favorite beer from back home and that we were so freaking close to doing Frick and it, it. just oh, <laughs> fucking sorry Zach <laughs> we were so close not, have I ever said freaking before why have, I, why have I just said that anyway uh, so so close to doing it and it just did not happen for a really lucky I mean unlucky reason but lucky for security reason um and then the collaboration fell for it. Again, it was kind of out of our control. So I don't know, should we be beating ourselves up that we didn't hit 100K by Christmas when the the plan was to get collaborations and to do a viral video? And we did everything that we could do to set them up, but out of our control, those things kind of fell through. Um, I think that's fine because you know the reasons why. Yeah. So it's like you'll be able to safeguard yourself when yeah. you go forward and try the next one. Like yeah. You'll be considering the shit that went wrong before yeah. so that you can then make sure it doesn't go wrong the yeah. next time. And it's like it's like like Zach was saying with the Conor McGregor thing, he knew that one thing was going to bang. I know with this channel, we're waiting on one thing to bang. It could have been the other day um, with the Ed Sheeran thing. It could be this new idea that we've got or a couple of ideas. Um, but yeah, we're not, we almost don't want to ruin that by rushing it with time or anything. Um 
Yeah, in terms of like number goals, I I know I said so. The hundred k goal for me, like back in the day, was just at that point. That was when I thought like YouTube become your career and you you could like bin everything else off, and that was it. Um, Is that not true then? It was true for me. I'm not sure whether it's true for a lot of people. But I managed it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that, so in terms of actual goals and kind of like the hundred k for Christmas, Jamie said a lot. Uh, but I wasn't ever uh, not really like yeah. too. Don't hold that too dear, really. Because I kind of feel like if it is a goal, then you say it loads and you feel it and you get back, you back it as much as you can. But Zach wasn't really too arsed. And then that's kind of where it kind of falls apart if the whole team isn't on it. And then when Zach wasn't too arsed, I was like, you know what? I'm not really too arsed. Like, we, we're going to try and do it, but... We're enjoying the process. And yeah. like, I think that's the main thing. Because if we reach 100k and we've, uh, we've burnt out, I'm not going to want to do it anymore. Yeah. Like, literally the only reason why I set the fucking reset button... And why, like, we started this channel is because it's way more fun. Yeah, because that's a scary thing. Like, Zach and Jay channel, like, started from zero, didn't it? So, yeah. yeah. It was the worst strategic move for me. Yeah. <laughs> Stop the channel with with a lot of momentum when it was, like, growing and good. And, uh, but yeah, no, happy I did it. Yeah, no, no, I think that's sick. So, you obviously blew with the Conor McGregor thing and you're working in your corporate land. Yeah. And I'm guessing you're not happy, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was in the pub, my local pub, shout out the crown, and um, <laughs> yeah, just having beers with the boys. And he was like, "Oh, I'm backstage from McGregor," and I was like, "Fuck's sake! Why am I not there? Why am I not there?" So yeah, that was that was the case. Um, the comeback story is quite good. What was the comeback story? The bat of the Brits. No, the yeah, the Brits. All oh, right, yeah, the Brits. So um, yeah, and and then. So it was the summer last year where I'd, fa- I'd got paid by all my university clients. We delivered, pretty happy with it. And um, I was at a stage where, because how it worked is we delivered the, um, the products or serv- slash service and then they'd pay and I didn't really have any costs after that. So I had a load of money in my bank and was like, right, do I, do I now join Zach or leave the business or do I keep going? And for some reason, I came up with this other business idea, which was a chatbot to answer university prospective uh, students' questions. Um, So I was like, right, now I'm going to double down on this. Um, Yeah, end up spending a load of money on this new product. And just as we were about to start selling it, I was like, oh, fuck it. Do I want to spend the next 10 years in unis? No, do I fuck? Um, So I was like, right, Zach, what, what can we do, mate? What can we do? Let's get doing some stuff. And I was pitching in London at the Bank of England as one of 75 startups to investors hot prospect startups all that all that stuff um and then i went straight from there free drinks and all that so yeah got to that optimum performance level uh, <laughs> just to boost the levels of, of performance and uh yeah it was the brits on that day and me and zach and, and yeah so I shouted zach and i'm like right let's do it went there had a mint night and i just felt like that is the begin. that was the beginning of the end for the business or probably the end of the end really he was still like kind of suited as well while we were we were looking over canary wharf on the rooftop of a hotel at like half four in the morning just pissing ourselves he had slipped over just like ruined his whole like kind of cream jacket and we're just looking over london skyline like what the fuck and he had to be back in canary wharf at like 7 a.m which is literally like three hours time yeah i had to be back there like i I think that was a good reflective moment where he was like horrible hangover (laughs) from investor showcase so yeah. beautiful that's on on camera the realization of yeah. like that's the moment yeah 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 so yeah i feel like that was the moment and then yeah fucked off the business a few months after set up the channel a few months after that. <laughs> so um how do you how do you guys pay the bills 
Because I know there's the whole like YouTube money thing, but yeah, from what I've been hearing from people, that's that's yeah. not enough to survive really on. You don't have to get specific with numbers, but I, just I like- I feel like it's, it's dead curious. So so one thing that I feel is highly undervalued and is highly not appreciated by other YouTubers is how much money you can make from producing videos. So I kind of saw this channel as, from a front-end point of view, it's a YouTube channel. From the back-end point of view, it can be a hybrid between a marketing agency as well. So if we make a video that is absolutely sick, that that'd normally charge in the corporate world for five to ten grand, but if we can guarantee twenty five thousand views to your demographic, it can be, uh, charge even more. So we're a young YouTube channel on thirty four thousand subscribers. We shouldn't be able to make a living if you look at the other YouTubers. But yeah, we're we're, we're charging we're charging uh, brands money uh, to to make videos for them. And yeah, right now it's we just um, not signed, but just agreed a deal. Um, and, the, and they're flying us to three countries in Europe for it. Um, but that's kind of what I was speaking to you before about. I, I kind of know how to charge brands, in, not intelligently, because it's not hard to do, but it's just exper- through experience. A little one pager of all your key stats, you've got the deliverables. So yeah, we're not covering costs just yet. Uh, I'm surviving off my business. Um, the money I'm surviving off TripAdvisor money from... <laughs> the summer yeah basically. so we're basically just surviving <laughs> off previous endeavors that what's TripAdvisor money uh so the brand new i got the last brand new i got with TripAdvisor. Um, uh right i haven't seen that video okay give it a watch it did well did well um, did it? yeah i just like to skip queues for three days solid and promote their new queue jump yeah. uh service basically well even then but, it was a good example of like Zach didn't know how much to charge with Pep and Co and um, TripAdvisor. And so he was ringing me up for advice. And I, and I didn't really fucking know, but I was just throwing back, mate, just charge, charge fucking loads. You're the only one in the country you can do it. You'll do a really fucking good job. They'll be happy. I was with on you. like 80,000 subscribers at that point. But it, it, yeah, it was the conversations yeah. with Jamie and Yes Theory and knowing that like a lot of YouTubers under undercharge themselves or, or undervalue their reach, basically. Because like, again, an advertising, an advertising on like a mainstream channel, which probably get less impressions. You're probably on your phone or making a cup of coffee during the adverts. This is like the disparity between like yeah. the online world and the engagement and all that shit that we see. Um, and it's still like, again, the industry is very early days and like people are experimenting with, with it now and kind of starting to throw money. But I think, yeah, that, that was kind of good proof to me that like it is, it is doable and, mm. and kind of, negotiation tactics from Mr. Rawls Thorn there helped me out a lot. So yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we're not covering costs just yet, but two months into a startup, it's very rare that do, and, and we nearly are. So, um, I love yeah. the way you call the, the YouTube channel a startup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I see it as a startup. I, I, I genuinely it do. Is. I see hey, it as a business. It, it, is a, it is a corporate entity. Zach and Jay oh, yeah, and the sons and daughters are yeah. dealings. Yeah. It's the least corporate, corporate entity about, <laughs> but yeah. I think that's really important. I think people need to realize there's a lot of people who are, they are, they are chasing those numbers. And like I say, I think it's, I do think it's good to have goals, but then at the same time, it's equally as important to disregard all of the numbers. Cause I think you guys are providing, you're providing value to the people that follow you. Cause it seems to me your audience is like pretty damn loyal to you. Yeah. They're into what you're doing. I've noticed Zach in the basement, everyone in there is like really feeling what you're doing. Yeah. Um, the, the basement to describe to people that might not know what that is, is a Facebook group. Um, and have you, have you found that that's helped your kind of momentum? Yeah. That's yeah. 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 A hundred percent. Like I see the, I see the basement as like my key demographic or when I was starting the channel, um, you know, the, the bathroom, which is like a spin-off page yeah. for like joke stuff. The day that we did the Olympic thing, like I posted in the bathroom to look for someone to help us film. 
So that was, they knew about the Olympic thing before it even went out. And I always seen that as a, such because I joined at like 2000 members and this was when I, I was with a mate in London and he was like, where should we eat? And we, we couldn't make a decision. So he's like, I'll just bang it in this Facebook group. And it was suddenly this like community of people who are just willing to just like hook you up with like a good place. Um, so I saw that as like a really, and as it grew and as it grew and as it grew and I was trying to build a channel, it was, I didn't want to ever bombard it, but I was like, if I can get to a point where the majority of people who are kind of engaging and talking about stuff on there, like the cool kids of the world who get about in all their nice clothes and all that shit. If they're talking about the videos and you're doing something right. And this year has kind of been the point where I'm getting tagged and stuff. People are posting the videos without me doing it. So that's like, it's amazing. And obviously as a community side, like everyone is kind of tied in and got the same interest. So yeah, definitely uh, a lot of support coming from those guys. Big up the basement. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'd say we treat as a starter, but this still, we still feel like, dead a pre like we do everything that a youtuber does just treats as a startup in terms of the business and the metric and stuff so we still absolutely love everyone who views it and comments and i mean there's, i feel upload, like there's no difference there upload days are the best days of the week yeah we genuine, genuinely the amount are, of time like we, we probably refreshed a video like 200 times in the first like two hours yeah. just I, I want all our hardest meetings on thursday morning because we wake up dead inspired like come on let's <laughs> have it then yeah but yeah uh, that's sick um so did you um sneak into the royal wedding zach <laughs> shit. No comment. Oh, shit. <laughs> no comment. Oh, mate. We don't go into that one, especially not on podcasts. <laughs> oh, but that, so, that was from that all come from the basement, like the the kind of hype around that. I, well, I, I can kind of discuss baseline about that, but yeah, the, the basement was where a lot of the excitement come from because people that follow me in there started discussing. I, like I was getting tagged in all these posts and I was kind of reading all the comments like the week after and it's just there was memes being made of me with my face under the veil of like <laughs> and all sorts of shit and it was and that was where like, yeah there's a, a, of, a beautiful video where um uh, Megan takes the the veil off and Harry's looking deep into her eyes and uh, someone <laughs> yeah. doctored it so that when Megan reveals her <laughs> your face was um was underneath the bride's veil that yeah. was yeah. incredible it was beautiful it is beautiful. Uh, but, but that is like, yeah, that kind of just went a bit mad. Because you posted a picture that was near around about the royal wedding, kind of, sort of, um, on your Snapchat, I think. And then um, and then so everyone started chatting about it. And then all of a sudden it was radio silence and no one heard from you. And people were posting that they texted you and didn't get a reply for like three or four days. And yeah, it was that, just, yeah, the week... I, I the week, was the exactly two weeks, the two weeks followed. No, that was a, that was a week after. It was a week after. The week after was heck. I was so stressed. I've, I've, I've never seen him look so nervous. <laughs> before any jib, he looked more nervous than before any sneaking, any high profile big was, security guards. He was more nervous. Like me and Jamie had a few meetings in London, like the a week, uh, the week after, no, the second week after. And I was getting like phone calls from press and all sorts of shit. And we were, lit, we were in the pub at like midday off the back of this meeting and I was just getting bombarded and yeah, it was a, it was an interesting time. But I, and the reason I made kind of the video I did, which was how many weeks, months after that was kind of just to say, look, no comment, let's just forget about this. And it kind of acted as like a, a trailer and people thought that it was a trailer for a main event, but yeah, that, that video is never going out. So stop asking, stop commenting. I know, I know it's just going to spur more comments yeah. down. Yeah. Anything <laughs> I do. <laughs> moving, uh, moving swiftly on. Um, so what's, what's next in the pipeline for you guys that you can talk about? Uh, 
Oh no! Um, goal, goals like obviously <laughs> having right, so, fun is like a is yeah. a key goal. Like. So so this will be coming after, but um, I'm, I'm I want to um, rock up to a random posh restaurant that's guaranteed or hotel or that kind of thing that does a meal that's guaranteed to have a Christmas party on it's uh, every day next week in a suit and see how long I can last bullshitting them to get a free meal uh, and get a few drinks or whatever. So that, that's a video I I'm excited for, but this, this podcast will come after podcast will come after. So check out that one. Um, what else have we got? We've got, uh, we need to do some collaborations. We've got like a load of collaborations yeah. on the cards. It's just finding like days at work for everyone. Yeah. It's, it's been a bit of a nightmare. Um, we're going to do as well. One fucking big sneak in, um, the me, and Zach, me and Zach have not done it in a little while so we're going to do a big sneak in and it's going to be a bit of a movie a bit of a movie it's going to be a movie um, 100k special when we hit 100k inevitably um, <laughs> that, that 100k special is going to be different it's going to be mad um, I'm really looking forward to that um, well and, and we've also got one idea which is could go global could go very global so um <laughs> What do you mean by global? I'm talking the world, baby. Um, <laughs> no, it'll be big. It'll be big. Uh, we need to finalise some details. But be- and what kind of people are you looking to collaborate with? Like what's... We, people that I think immediately, like, I see a lot of collaborations that are kind of like forced and you're like, them two couldn't be mates. You couldn't see them having a pint after or something like that. So uh, those kind of things, not, not really interested in just collaborations for the numbers sake um just just people that like fuck with what we do and and what we're finding hard at the minute is uh some people so for example Stephen tries like we, we've known him for a good few months now and we was in one of his sketches the other week but then it's kind of like how collaborations normally work or the best ones is like you do a video on each channel on the same topic or experience and it's like you kind of tune into both whereas me and Jamie don't do sketches and Stephen doesn't do what we do. So we're excited to take him on a journey. Uh, we don't know what it is yet. Yeah, I just want to bring him along to do anything. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I we're think not that's re- more interesting though. Like yeah. take him out, like seeing we- him outside. Yeah. Of the, yeah. But, but yeah, we're just um, struggling to, it'd also be hilarious to see you guys trying to do sketches as well. Like, a sketch me. <laughs> give it, you, I mean, you might as well give it a go. Yeah. Like, it'd be cool. But we think- do, we do like fuck about ones, but the, the, name in our company video which was basically just a filler video and that kind of really tested my storytelling ability to like crack i think the top comment on that one was like why the fuck is this video so interesting because all it was was me and jamie registering our company um but yeah we we registered the longest company name in the uk and like i think that video was like testament to um me and jamie put on videos out our ass when we need to but yeah we did like a little sketch in that and it's just so bad that we're just yeah. taking the piss out of ourselves so and we do it do it as and when but, but I mean collaboration as well um, so there's a guy we're meeting in Bristol um, next week called Jasper and he started off running his restaurant then he started giving food to homeless people now he's set up his whole a huge project about 12 shipping containers to home homeless people so we wanted to shine that on him so we're going to do a video with him that's not really a collaboration but we kind of want to shine a light on people that are just doing cool stuff kind of like you guys really um, who just kind of believe in something have, have got to it and yeah made something of it yeah trying to like, like kind of like this podcast trying to encourage people to do the same so, um, yeah, what, yeah, what do you think it is that's like kind of holding people back? Because I mean, I feel like both of you quite easily could have got caught in that sticky web of the mm. corporate world. And like yeah. you were both, you both like flirted with yeah. it. You were there for a little bit mm. and the money's nice. It's like, yeah. oh, I can pay my rent. I've got a regular paycheck. I've got a 
But like, what is it that's stopping yeah. people to, because you guys both said, fuck it, this is not yeah. for me. And Jamie was in deep. So, well. so I never, I, yeah, I was in deep. I never had a regular paycheck, but I had a big paycheck at the end of every year. So I had to, but yeah, I don't know. For me, it was bec- the reason why I never left is, is quite a personal reason where I always felt I'd be a failure if I left. And it was always tough. The best entrepreneurs go through these shit times and it was just constantly shit. But I was like, but, but I can do with shit. Fuck it, I can do with shit. Um, but it's not really what you want to live your life with. Um, but yeah, I, and when I was running it as well, I was always saying to myself, after this, then I'd start spreading the message that you can do anything you want. I was like, fuck that, just start now. Um, but I think the main thing that hold people back is um, almost not knowing where to start um, and yeah, not, not starting. So that, that's kind of the thing that we did with the mental health video in Bristol, where it was literally writing, getting 30, 40 people together in Bristol, writing positive messages in chalk. And we just said, look, this was so simple for us to do. You guys do it. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I think people don't realize the kind of opportunities from where I'm from. I'm from like a small town and if you're doing anything kind of creative or not the traditional route, you're, you're kind of a dickhead. And I was kind of really, not worried, worried during school to like always be cool or like fit in. And, and I wanted to do YouTube for like so many years, but me and my mate, like we always said, me and my mate Ben, that we want to get a video with a million views and we didn't have any reason behind that. We just wanted to do it. And we always watch YouTubers, but we just never did it. We never did anything. We never even made strides towards starting to try. And I think the only video I got my mates together for was a Harlem Shake video. And that was like a thing. Um, So I think like I I was worried, I call it like small town syndrome where everyone's just in this little bubble and you think the world doesn't exist outside of that. And it was only when I went to university that I was in an office block every single day with a bunch of kids my age who didn't give a fuck what they did. They were like just trying to pursue something. And I think that three years of like having a safe space to fail where you had a student loan if shit went like shit at the fan and that kind of environment changed me a lot like in university I I grew like a motherfucker I remember like the first first year of uni going into meetings like shitting myself and it was only a meeting with a club night fucking promoter that and I was like there in a suit and shit trying to impress him um so yeah I'd, I'd say like the reason why kind of I didn't want to personally like start was because I was like kind of embarrassed to commit publicly to yeah. what I actually want to do. Um, I think it's that course as well. Like if you don't commit to anything, then you look weird when in normal society, if you're committing to something like making a YouTube video, you look weird. Yeah. Um, our, our course was easy to DOS as well. It was easy to bullshit. You don't have to do anything. It, where we were like the guinea pigs, you could get away with basically doing fuck all, mm. writing your exam based on bullshit experiences. But I think the the people that kind of did value wanting to do something and learn from experience were the ones that kind of actually took something from the course. And those people that, yeah, as Jamie said, wasn't doing, taking anything from it was, was the weird ones. They were like, well, what are you, what are you yeah. playing at? You're spending 15 grand a year, this uni to, to do fuck all, like what are you playing at? So that was, yeah, that was really useful. The, the course was super, super useful for getting us to, yeah, I guess. It was a mindset thing, really. Yeah, hundred percent. As soon as you got over what people were going to think about you, yeah, just did your own thing. Yeah, and it seems silly, really, doesn't it? it? Just seems so dumb that opinions of people around you of thinking that you're weird, and really, they're they're not really going to do anything. They're just going to be lawyers or do some shit. Oh, lawyers are very. No, I mean, it's just like, <laughs> but, but they're, they're doing. He said, "Fuck the Pope" in the last podcast. Yeah, now he's knocking off lawyers. It's <laughs> not the podcast; you can keep it on. But um, yeah, I mean, they're not going to do anything that's that we'd see as fun 
but they're not going to, no one's going to take the piss out of them, but, but their opinion of us creators is held so high. It does seem daft, but yeah. I, I don't know as well. There was a point for me where um, I, that my opinion of my dad switched in my head. I was like, my dad's actually proper cool. Cause he, he did not give a fuck. Like he um, was always like the embarrassing fucking worst case. Like dad, like wore Crocs everywhere. Like would always like, sat, I remember we was at a motocross meeting when I was a kid and like I fell off and he just vaulted this fence and fucking stepped in cow shit. And it was always like that guy. It was like a sitcom could be made of like this bloke. And, um, and literally, I, I remember being at a point where I was kind of, I can't remember where it was, but I looked at him and I was like, actually, not giving a fuck. Like, the art of not giving a fuck is so cool. And, like, to be in that space where you don't care who or what, like, you're talking to or what you're doing. Like, I was like, that's that's probably where I want to be as opposed to, like, a cool kid who cares too much. Because I think, like, you see a lot of these rappers and stuff. And if you get them in, like, an uncomfortable situation or, like, interviews you watch and you're like... You're an awkward, mm. you're an awkward motherfucker. You look cool on Snapchat or, but yeah, yeah. I, at that point I kind of, my kind of perception, yeah. I guess, switch and I kind of would just want to be comfortable in any situation really. I think that's why you guys videos have resonated with people. Cause you're just on it. Like yeah. you're, you're like, oh, this is who we are. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's being silly, it's fine to be silly. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like it's, it's fun to watch people being silly. Yeah. Remember when you're, um, bombing around on Boris bikes like after you've snuck into the Brits like yeah. just like having fun like yeah, regular yeah. shit that you do with your mates like yeah. it's fine to just to just be that person yeah. you know, we we were in um uh, off the back of the McGregor thing uh we got like a load of production companies interested in like doing a tv series and stuff and I remember being in a meeting and and they just we were discussing that BAFTA's video and they said they loved the video, but why were you doing the stuff on the bikes at the end? It made no sense. It was, sh- and we literally looked at each other and we we're like, "What?" Like that was probably the funniest part of the video. I think that was like for us as well. It kind of just showed the difference in like, mainstream shit, and like we actually that authenticness on YouTube is like what resonates. And to explain that to someone else was like took took me out of it a bit, a little bit. I was like, "What? Why are you asking that?" It was fucking mint. It was funny, but. Yeah, I think that goes to show how like how behind the TV industry yeah. is. Like, there's this set pattern. Struggling. People don't want to watch that. We want to watch real stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, what advice would you give to anyone who's kind of like starting there, like at the start of their journey? They think maybe they've got an idea. Like, action, I think, is undervalued. Like a lot of people overthink, and I tend yeah. to do it as well with the video side of things. Which Jamie's really good at, kind of just being action based and just going out and doing something and the, the shit you'll learn off the back of throwing yourself in at the deep end. And if it goes badly wrong, you'll leave so much, like with so much information and stuff you can bring to the next like thing you're going to do. And yeah, just, I, I think not being scared of failing and, or whatever you think failure is kind of addressing that head on and, and seeing what is the other side of that fear. Like Will Smith says that, what is the other side of fear? And, and a lot of the time it's nothing like you're, you're literally being like worried and kind of fucking drilling down on this emotion, which goes the second you dip your toe into whatever it is you're trying to do. So, um, yeah, just go out and do something. If you've got an idea, find time and fucking have a little pop. hundred percent. I couldn't agree yeah. more. I think that's such good advice. Yeah. I don't know. I can top that. What, what, one, have one a go. Go on. <laughs> one thing that sort of me is Amazon have got a, 14 principles of leadership and obviously Amazon's huge, the biggest company in the world now and um, 
one of them is have a bias to action. And it's added that when you when you're trying to make a decision, usually the mind will stick with what's comfort in and not take action. But if you're not entirely sure what to do, take the action. Because every time you're either going to learn something, usually it's not permanent result. Um, and yeah, so our actions are best course. Our brains are designed to keep us safe. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's the their purpose of existing is mm-hmm. to stop us from dying. Mm-hmm. And but because we're not going to get run over by a woolly mammoth or mm. attacked, but I mean those those oh, no. dangers are gone. But we're still working on our cave yeah. brain software and anything that's new we go oh fuck like and yeah. it feels scary yeah. and as soon as you get over that hurdle i mean maybe as long as you're not putting yourself in extreme danger you're probably onto a winner if you're yeah. feeling that fear because yeah. you're about to try something new and that's yeah, when yeah. the magic happens yeah, and it's definitely. always that that feeling that me and jamie get before like the sneaking stuff is always a good example of that because it's quite primal you're literally shitting yourself and there's these big blokes who you need to like get past and that and literally as soon as that was that passed we always had the sickest times and every experience was yeah. so different to the others and we we always think like oh what was the what was the best sneaking what was the best sneaking and every single one like had something happen that was just made it individually like the best night and you just can't choose but i'm off the back of what you said with the brains in university i read a book called the entrepreneur revolution and that talked a lot about kind of lizard brain monkey brain and paradox has got on for that as well yeah yeah it kind of like delves into the similar thing but uh, i think at the end of that they said like it's about leaning into that discomfort and i I made that kind of like a little mission of mine in, in university to when things felt like uncomfortable or whatever is probably not for any other reason than your brain's just a pretty old school bit of kit mm. and trying to keep you safe. So if you consciously make a decision rather than like being on autopilot and just getting rid of that feeling, um, consciously leaning into the discomfort. And I think you're like, comfort yeah. is our worst enemy. Yeah, like yeah. We seek it out at all times. I'm really fucking comfortable when I'm sitting watching Netflix, but I'm not yeah. happy. Yeah. I'm happy when I'm working, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I think that any person can get good at something if they practice. Mm-hmm. So if they put enough time into it and they do it a lot, they'll become really good at it. Thank you. Um, so where can people find you online? The Zach and Jay Show. Uh, <laughs> on Zach YouTube. and Jay Show on YouTube. And our personal Instagrams, uh, Zach Allsop and Jamie underscore Rawlsthorn. Thank you very much. That was, that was sick. Oh, cheers, guys. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening. We're trying to help a lot of people with this show, so we need your help to grow the community and spread our message. If you know someone who'd benefit from hearing what we talked about today, or they just need a little nudge in the right direction, pass this podcast on to them. If you want to hear more, then subscribe to us on iTunes. And if we helped you with anything, we'll really love you forever if you can leave us an iTunes review. It makes a huge difference. See ya.